Hi, this is Joseph, the host and creator of Sci-Fi Graveyard, as hosted by The Heart of Geek. Is there a topic that you love to talk about? Would you love to share that topic with millions of listeners around the globe? If so, then you're almost there to starting your own podcast. The only thing you need is Anchor.fm. With Anchor.fm, you can record, edit, and publish your own podcast to the Anchor site and to popular podcasting sites around the world. So what are you waiting for? If you'd like to get started, all you need to do is head to the Play Store on Android or the App Store if you have an iPhone. Start the download and get recording today. Thank you for listening to Sci-Fi Graveyard and on to the podcast. How far would you go for immortality? What would you sacrifice for the fountain of youth? What would you give up? What would you betray? Your principles? Your family? Your friends? How far would you go? The battle for paradise has begun. Star Trek Insurrection. Hello, welcome to Sci-Fi Graveyard. Joining me tonight is Josh and Jeremy from The Heart of Geek. We're going to be discussing the 1998 Star Trek film, Star Trek Insurrection. Yes, I know, I just mentioned that. Uh, the tagline for this movie is The Battle for Paradise Has Begun. Star Trek Insurrection was directed by Jonathan Frakes and was released on December 11th, 1998. The movie stars Patrick Stewart, Jonathan Frakes, Brent Spiner, LeVar Burton, Michael Dorn, Gates McFadden, Marina Sirtis, F. Murray Abraham, Donna Murphy, Anthony Zerby, probably mispronouncing that, and Stephanie Nisnik, probably mispronouncing that as well. Uh, she played Parim, which is the Trill Bridge flight officer. Um, sadly, she died on uh, June 23rd of 2019, which did actually greatly affect the Star Trek fan base. Uh, Star Trek Insurrection was written by Rick Berman and Michael Piller. Sadly, Michael Piller also passed away. Uh, his was in 2005. He died due to cancer. So the original story for Insurrection, or at least as it was written by Michael P Piller years before his death, it was never released because studio concerns about the content. Uh, the initial concept was far removed from what we got to see on screen, although it did deal with um, Picard willing to sacrifice his career to fight for the, the Baku. Uh, the first treatment, called Star Trek Stardust, involved Picard and a fellow cadet named Hugh Duffy, who were friends at Starfleet Academy, meeting up after almost three decades because of different circumstances. Duffy had become a renegade, who has tried to provoke a war between the Federation and the Romulan Empire. And Picard must travel to the neutral zone to bring him back. Picard takes... Bleh. Picard eventually <laughs> finds Duffy and risks his career over to help the other officer thwart a plan by Romulans to take over a planet housing the Fountain of Youth, which is another part that made it into the final script. At the end, Picard gets arrested and stripped of his rank by Starfleet due to his actions during this movie. This plot was similar to Heart of Darkness and references various episodes of Star Trek TNG. Um, there's a lot of other trivia here that we can mention while talking about it. But um, the only one I want to mention is that Arnold Schwarzenegger, according to IMDb, was offered the role of Adar Rafo, which was the main antagonist of the film. So, can you imagine? It's weird as hell to see him. <laughs> this this mission has been 
I can't even do a, a crappy Arnold impression, but can you imagine? Yeah, him, but it like, could have been it could have been an intimidating figure. I didn't feel that this guy was very intimidating, to be honest. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. But like, could you imagine Arnold being like, "Get to the chopper, <laughs> get to the connector." Oh, I know, but God, the guy, the guy really, stop what you're doing. I'm gonna take you down now. The guy didn't really get have down. a lot of. Uh, um, speaking parts, though. I mean, so... No. The, I actually was reading some of the... I actually purchased the screenplay version of this on um, Amazon for like four bucks. And I was trying to read it. There's like a lot of things that were different. Uh, some of the dialogue. You know, everyone, you know, people keep like, wow, Worf keeps showing up. But if you actually read the screenplay, Worf actually says why he's on the Enterprise. Um, he was basically doing some work at a nearby. He was in the same sector. And then he found out the Enterprise was also in the same sector for the first contact or the joining of the Federation of the aliens species. And so since he was near the Enterprise, he decided to go visit his own shipmates. So that's actually why he's there. He was just there to say hi and got dragged along on the mission. Um, another thing I will mention, um, outside of some of this stuff, I wrote down a lot, I've said a lot of trivia in here, I don't know if I'll get through all of it. Um, the scene, this movie was actually originally written before the season six finale of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, uh, because there's dialogues where Worf is asked about his wife, and as you, uh, I don't know if you two know this, but other Trekkies would know. And Star Trek Deep Space Nine, Worf and Jadzia Dax got married in the episode You Are Cordially Invited. And so they actually ask him how his wife is, and he says challenging. However, this, since this movie takes place after the season six finale, Tears of the Prophets, uh, the scene where Picard wakes Worf up, Worf is actually having a nightmare, and it's actually him like dreaming about um, losing Dax because she was murdered by Gul inside the Bajoran Temple. Another interesting trivia for you guys, um, Donna Murphy, who plays Anish, um, one of the forever young members of the Baku, would go on this voice the villain Mother Gothel in Tangled, 2010, a role where she's obsessed with eternal youth because, you know, Mother knows best. Damn. <laughs> so there's, like I said, there's a lot here. Um, aside from, well, I keep wanting to like stop it, but I keep thinking of things that. Uh, but I can tell uh, you one thing: Donna Murphy was nice looking in this movie. I mean, I don't She's know, beautiful. but I mean, she reminded me of somebody else, and that's why I had to look her up on who it was because she reminds me. I think her name is like Mary something. But uh, it's another actress, but she almost looks identical to her. And so I was kind of thrown back when it, when I saw the name because uh, the name didn't look familiar to me. Um, but I can't think of her name now even. But they look a lot alike. So I thought it was her, but it wasn't. Uh, anyways, but that was one thing I noticed during this movie is how um, struck striking she was the other thing that was nice was that 
I think you guys remember last time was that I thought that the Riker Troy thing came out of nowhere. Well, this movie kind of helped. Oh yeah, if you would have saw that, that together yeah. for me. Yeah, if you would have saw yeah, we uh I, we did Nemesis first, but like as we were watching Nemesis, I'm like, we should do Insurrection. <laughs> so like, yeah, so um, so watching this one, it made sense that they got married because at first I was like, I remember watching the TV show, and I do not remember them really doing much during the TV show. No, they um, were they were they were close friends during the TV show, but they had had a romantic past. Yeah, um, as um, cause if you remember like what Worf says, he goes, your feelings for her have not changed. It's just that this environment let them out to kind of let them out to breathe. And the interesting, you know, I actually like this movie, although it does feel kind of like an episode. Oh, it, this one, more like this one, episode, I've, yeah, well, yeah I this mean, one, I would say like, actually felt more like an episode than Nemesis did. Yeah, because even the way it was filmed reminded me of the TV show. Yeah, but you could tell that Jonathan Frakes was involved in the TV show because it was literally filmed like one. Like even the the coloring of the movie—I don't know how to explain that—but the 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 cinematography, I guess, was even reminiscent of watching the Next Generation that I remember watching. Yeah. I think this was his only second feature, you know, because he directed Star Trek First Contact. Yeah. And, um, my all-time, I think that's one of my favorite, like, I mean, top three, like, Star Trek movies. It's like this one, First Contact, Generations, and then, like, Rathacon, I think, probably are the main four. Well, well, yeah, and it makes sense because if you look at what he's directed, it's all Star Trek and the Orville. So he's yeah he's done the basically done he's, Star Trek because <laughs> the Orville is just a comedy version of Star Orville. Trek, ain't it? It's the one it's, with it's uh, Seth MacFarlane. Yeah, it's more of a love letter um, to TN to, to the Next Generation because Seth MacFarlane is a huge, huge Trekkie. He loves Star Trek. Um, he actually, I think, if they would let him, he would make his own Star Trek show. Like I, he's, I'm convinced. I think he's actually said that. Like he's, there's rumor. There are rumors that he was trying to buy the like the rights to Star Trek mm-hmm. so he could produce his own series. Um, but Seth MacFarlane's a huge, huge, huge turkey. So he he kind of wrote it as it's kind of like a love letter. Like, are you getting that feedback too, Josh, or is it just me? Yeah, it sounds kind of weird, but I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, if you uh, if you uh, if you watch the first season, there is a lot of more of that Family Guy type humor in it. But in the second season, they actually kind of tone it down. I think he he wanted to take it more in a serious tone, so they actually tapered back a lot of the comedy. Now it's still there, but it's not like um, yeah, you're you're uh, yeah, Joe. Are you on headphones or something? Your mic sounds like. No, I'm on. Uh, I'm just talking into the phone. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, yeah your connection weird. must be pretty bad because it's it's barely. We can hear you, but it's very like I don't know how to explain it. 
like you're away from the mic, like far away from the mic, kind of. Um, and also because my voice is worn out, I'm really tired. So, um, let's see here. Anything else interesting? Well, this one, uh, what was the thing that they were doing? Just a party at the beginning? Because at first I thought it was kind of like a wedding part. And then it was like, it looked like it was more like a party than How about the data part? Like right at, like right after the data part, where like he, of course, uh, shuts everything off. Weren't they welcoming that? Whatever. Yeah, I thought it was. To the federation. Um, there. So that's what they were there for. And like I said, Worf just happened to be on the Enterprise because he was just there to visit, and he apparently just. I think he just got there because they were shocked to see him, so he hadn't made his way to the bridge yet. Um, or to let anyone know he was there. And yeah, your sorry, your stuff is like sounded so weird, man. <laughs> I'm trying to get closer. Um, I don't know the, if it's uh, your connection. Yeah, I don't know. If anything, it's the connection. Oh, my yeah. so tickled. My cell signal isn't that great, but I have um, I have it connected to Wi-Fi. Let me. Uh, sorry. Well, whatever. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, we're just I gonna mean, have to deal with it at this point. It's not like you can retape it. Yeah. Uh, switch to headphones and see if that helps. Real quick, wait. what is what is uh? <laughs> Well, to me, I still, uh, what's it called? When I was first watching, when we were talking about it after Nemesis, I was sitting there, I was like, oh yeah, this is probably going to be fun doing this movie. And then I started watching it, and I was like, man, I forgot how long it's been since I last watched it. But then I still like enjoyed just as much. Mostly because I think it is yeah. like the next generation it is, and oh, they even okay. people yeah, compare they're like it must be yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> must be my microphone. It must need to be cleaned. Yeah, everybody. Um, yeah. So um the I like this movie. People people kind of shit on this movie, like Trekkies. Oh, it's not that good. It just feels like an episode. I mean, what's wrong with it feeling like an episode? I mean, it's just you, an hour you got it a, a half long or like an hour and 43 yeah. minutes, I think it was. Of I, an episode. I think the worst but that's not a I, bad thing. <laughs> no, I think the worst TNG movie is obviously Generations on. In my opinion, I don't like Generations. And that's because um, to, to segue back to Generations, Generations um, just came off the heels of Star Trek The Next Generation series finale, um, All Good Things. And All Good Things was an amazing episode. It was really good. And then they followed it up with Generations, and it's just like, this doesn't seem as good as the finale. <laughs> so, well, I don't think I ever I, watched the season finale uh, or series finale, whatever, of uh, uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. I don't think. I've it's seen a really, ton of the episodes, though, but like I don't think I ever watched the season finale. It, 
it's it's really good um it's that one and that one it's probably the best series finale honestly deep space nine kind of tugs at my heartstrings because everyone kind of goes their separate ways at the end but um but as far as like like actual series finale uh what you what you leave behind was really good i would say all good things is better Voyager's series finale left me wanting more um, and not in a good way because they kind of just get home and it's like, bum, 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 bum. That's it. Bye guys. They didn't really like follow it up with anything. And then um, enterprise series finale was shit. It was basically um, Riker reliving the final mission of the NX-01 enterprise after um while dealing with the episode from season six with Admiral Pressman, the name of the episode escapes me at the moment where they find the phase cloak. But honestly, it does feel like an episode. I really, I don't, I mean, I guess cinematically it's probably a negative, but when I watch a Star Trek movie, I'm watching because I want adventure. I want fun. I, I thought this movie was fun. I liked it. It's, I mean, is it a masterpiece? No. Um, was fatigue probably starting to set in? Yes. Was it better than first contact? No. Was it better than nemesis? Probably. But I mean, I'd say it's, it's better. But, like by far, like probably one of my favorite ones was for uh, first contact. I, but I think the main thing is why I enjoyed generations as much as I did was because I think that was the first movie that me and uh, family and stuff like dad and everything like went to go watch it. I think we watched it like two or three times in the movie theaters. That's when it was nice. a different story where you would watch the, the movies in the theaters like a bunch of times. Like when we watched Jurassic Park, we watched it like, I don't know, like four or five times or something. But uh, once again, like that was one of the second movie that we watched several times, and I still liked it. It's kind of like a passing of the torch thing. That's how I took of it. As even though the uh, next generation was ending, so when I watched yeah. this one, it was still just as good. I liked how how the like the pacing of the movie is good. Like they didn't have any too slow parts. I think the only thing was really the bad part was the the bad guy. Really, was the the, the was, villain? The villain was kind of lackluster, right? It wasn't like how Nemesis was. How it was like, oh, it's a clone of Picard and all this stuff, right? It was just, oh yeah, he's the bad guy. And then it's only a bad guy it's, because that's and like he wants to get these people off the planet. Yeah, like this movie, the movie, while I enjoyed it, had so much potential because it's literally about the forced relocation of a species because they want to they want to take the do power something with to the make planet. people younger. And yeah, they want to uh, take the radiation that is in the around the planet and the planet's rings, which would destroy the planet for generations. And then they want to force relocate these people and kidnap them and put them on a ship and then take them to another planet. And it's like, it's kind of like it's it's like this like I feel like they did kind of fail in the message. I mean, 
in a sense, because Picard do, is willing to give up his command to um, to go help these people, and so is his uh, senior staff. And so that's something that is that's true of his crew. Like Picard had their trust, and they trusted Picard. It's kind of like it's kind of like how in Star Trek Five, which is another one we should probably do, uh, where the crew turns on Captain Kirk because of Cybok. And it's like, but the crew wouldn't do that. The crew of the Enterprise, like Kirk's crew, was super loyal to him, and just like Picard's crew. Like they became a family and it's even apparent because outside of like Trek, they're still like really good friends with each other. Like Brent Spiner and Patrick Stewart are like super close and stuff like that. And so they're all really close knit and you know, that's why they, they mesh so well in these movies, whether, you know, and I feel kind of bad because some of the characters don't really have much like, I feel like they could, I feel like they, you know, the, some of the like Jordy and stuff like that. I mean, they have a little bit of things to do when they're talking about like the, the warp core where they eject it to stop the uh, weapon from destroying, sucking in the enterprise. And I, I wish there was more for them to do. I mean, at least Beverly and Troy get to do stuff on the planet, but like, I, I mean, they all serve their part, but, I mean, granted, the main focus of the of these movies as the series was Picard and Data. So every movie, if you notice, is kind of like Picard and yeah. Data. Generations, Picard and Data. First Contact, Picard and Data. So the, it's just the duo. There's no there's no trio like the original series where it was Kirk, Spock, and McCoy. It's Picard and Data. <laughs> so and they're I the, think they're that's the big... one of the biggest things that I've noticed with these movies, with the next and that's why i've liked the newer star trek movies is because there's a lot a lot more involvement with the entire group versus they kind of yeah versus just just a couple of people because the others get lost in the mix and they have a couple of speaking roles but that's pretty much it like wharf and and the forge they say a few things but that's it. And even Troy, for instance, she had a couple of scenes really in this one, but they were with Riker. And oh yeah, um, like and, that, yeah, I'm like him shaving the beard or whatever. Yeah, I mean, like, ew. Yeah, and like he's like, I kiss you, and you're like, ew. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is funny hard. because that's a continuity. That's technically a continuity error because they've kissed before with him having a beard. But I think it was her being playful. Yeah, that's and what I took it. I don't think I. That's how I take it. Why did, I don't that's take anything cannon. negatively with it. What I, I guess what I'm getting at is, you know, when you've got a whole group and you focus on a couple of people, it kind of leaves a lot to be desired well, for the rest of them. Yeah. But uh, I mean, but, I mean, from happens. this perspective, I actually thought it was funny when they started. Uh, especially with Worf going into puberty again, that was kind of hilarious during this movie where, yeah. where he was getting the pimples on his face and and uh, <laughs> it yeah, is a he was getting aggressive <laughs> and stuff. That was kind of funny. Um, well, but uh, one thing that I 
and I don't know if I missed it in watching the movie, but I didn't grasp why the skin had to be stretched and on the the bad guys. It was was it just because they were too damn old and they were trying to make themselves young? I, I yeah, I, they were trying to make themselves younger, uh, live longer, and appear yeah, younger. I mean, so they, didn't they really, were basically they didn't really talk about that besides the fact that they were. You know, that was what they wanted from the planet at the end, but they didn't really. Yeah, they wanted to take it because for those who haven't seen the movie, basically the sauna, uh, once the the metaphasic radiation around the planet that the Baku are on, and spoiler alert, this movie did come out in 1998. Basically, the sauna and the Baku are the same race. Uh, the, The sauna were banished when they tried to I think it was they tried to overthrow the colony or something. And so they were banished. And um, I'm trying to remember because they talk about in the novelization of the book, they kind of go into their history of like uh, Radar Roth, Adar Harafo or whatever yeah. how it said, and Golna. Um, they actually are Galatane, but they talk about their, their, uh, their original names, which is like, Golna and uh, Rowan, I think I'd have to go back and look it up, but basically they, you know, they took new names and they want to punish the people that banished them. So that's really what it is. They want to force locate these people so they can live as punishment. Yeah. And, and um, so it's basically about the force relocate relocation of people, you know, that we've seen in history with different many uh, races within our you know our history of the so it's it's kind of like it was a movie that could have said a lot but um i think what the main focus was the next gen films was they were trying to make picard like an action hero if you notice that um if you watch yeah if you watch generations insurrection and nemesis each three of those movies end with Picard stopping a countdown. Have yeah. you noticed that? The the only one that doesn't is First Contact. Uh, that's the only one. I think the main um, thing that I loved about First Contact was like really them showing how it began. Really. And that was like yeah, the first one. It's like the, I mean, granted they had the Enterprise show with uh what's his Scott, Scott Bakula on it. But like a true like beginning where they actually went to the planet before they built all the ships and sent out stuff like the the catalyst with how it began true beginning. yeah that's one thing I, I i loved about that one was because it was different from most star trek movies where it was already like beginning it's just a different story and stuff like that because I never hated Enterprise. I thought it was like the weakest of all the live action series. Um, we won't discuss opinions on Discovery, Picard. Although I do love Lower Decks. I think if you all have Paramount Plus, you all should watch Lower Decks. It was hilarious. Um, can't wait for season two of Lower Decks. Drug things coming um, out, but I read. Yeah, I'm excited for Strange New Worlds, which is all about Captain Pike. My only problem with them doing prequels is I know what happens to Captain Pike. Um, what happens to him after he leaves the Enterprise. So there's really no 
sense of danger, you know he's going to live. Uh, you know Spock's going to live. And the only one they could probably kill off is Una, which is number one, because there's no canon about what happened to her after. But she's um, – I'm excited for that just because I want to watch a Star Trek show with the Enterprise in it. And who doesn't love Anson Mount as Captain Christopher Pike? Um, but we're digressing. There's a lot of Trek. Um, there's a lot of Trek. Uh, Prodigy's coming to Nickelodeon. Um, see Picard season two, Discovery season four, uh, Lower Decks season two. Lower Decks was probably my favorite out of all the new Trek, which is weird because that's the one I was most like hesitant to start watching. And I was like, okay, I love Dude, this. I've been, they're, they're just having fun with it. Disappointing parts when it comes to Picard too, which eventually I need to watch that but, anyway, but. It's it's kind of weird because the Bacard you meet in Bacard, like the Bacard you meet here in Nemesis and First Contact and Generations, and then all seven seasons of the Next Generation. Of course, he did grow to from the first couple seasons to the Bacard we all knew and love. But like, if you watch Bacard, I feel like it's so they make the Federation and everything so dark and gritty, which. I don't really feel like that's the Federation and my big, I won't spoil the ending to Picard, but let's just say something happens and I was not happy with that outcome. Uh, a lot of people have already talked about it, but I know there's people who haven't seen it yet. Uh, watch Picard. If you're interested, it wasn't, I thought it was better than discovery season two, but I think lower decks is kind of the funniest out of all of them just because it it doesn't take itself too seriously. And I thought I was going to hate it, but I ended up loving Lower Decks. Um, I, I do say, and I'm telling you guys this as well as the listeners, if you have Paramount Plus, watch Lower Decks. Is that what they call um, uh, CBS All Access now as Paramount? Yeah, on... Plus now. Sun Monday? Yeah. Yeah, it changed, it, it's because it CBS and... Paramount merged basically Viacom came back together. So like now everything's under one roof again, where for, for a while it was split and there's, there's, there's fan theories and stuff about why the enterprise and the JJ movies look so different compared to blah, blah, blah. Star Trek, um, the Star Trek movies were set in uh, ulterior universe and shit, right? Or, or different, yeah. They're they're in a they're in a there. It's an alternate timeline uh, that Spock went into when he left after the destruction of Romulus, and so he they created a skewed timeline. But that skewed timeline still the main timeline that all these next gen movies and stuff take place in that all still exists. the the time The Kelvin timeline is separate, but it's it's there now too. So like. And then I think even the discovery, it's called the prime timeline. I think even that's a little skewed because there's there's theories about how Michael Burnham in the in the main timeline that we all watched growing up, Spock failed to save Michael Burnham, and that's why he never mentioned her. Whereas in Discovery, he saved her and stuff like that. So, but we're getting off topic. So I'm gonna try to circle it back around the insurrection. Uh, maybe it's just because there's not a lot to say about this film. Like I don't. Well, I find it. I mean, I'm. I love. I find films. it interesting that this was the first one that used CGI for the the ships, though. 
or the space effect. Yes. Um, yeah, all the all these all the effects in outer space, and you can tell when they show the shuttlecrafts on the planet surface that that's CGI. But the ship effects and hold up really well. The planet with the shuttles does not. If you noticed it, was I the only one who noticed that? Well, oh, I noticed no. it, but I was surprised that it was the first one to actually use CGI for all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, the Enterprise for this movie I was completely CGI, which is why they were able to add the captain's yacht, because the captain's yacht was not a part of the Enterprise in first contact. And um, the interesting thing is this is the first time the captain's yacht has ever been used on an episode or movie. Uh, oh, here's here's the thing, uh, Josh. You mentioned the face stretching. The set that that was you that they built for this was actually used in an episode of Star Trek Voyager called Living Witness. It it's used as a museum, but it's the same oh, set okay, from. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's the same set, but they used it in an episode of uh, Star Trek Voyager. The only thing they they did was paint paint the colors and railings and everything. They they of course redressed it but same set I shouldn't hate it as much as uh, they uh, I would think that they would yeah, because I... I still love this one just as much as like I think it's one of my top favorite like Star Trek films mostly because it was like a continuation of the TV show not saying that that's a bad thing but the only thing is probably the we- the weak ass villain, and then of course they were talking about at the very end how they transferred. Uh, they were just butt hurt because they got kicked out, really, and it made more sense why it was like, yeah, I don't it was... fuck, you do what I tell you." And then they stretched. Uh, it took a sentence. It, it was a basic face, which I knew that was going to happen. I knew he was going to die in it. He- how much, yeah, yeah. The and then he was like, Oh, we gotta deal with this, you know, like people can heal and this and that. I'm like, How about you just put them on the planet, you know? Yeah, they say that, and they're like, Most of them won't live that long. If well, they don't I mean, live that long, and I don't know what to tell you. I mean, like, if you're regenerating, okay, let's just say I'm just throwing this out right now, right? Okay, so you got a whole planet where it regenerates your body like even just after being on the planet for a certain amount of time right so why on earth wouldn't you just put them over there your body cells would be like changing over and if they die they die right but also at the same time you could permanently have like just about anybody on the planet it probably doesn't have like a certain amount of people that could go on the planet without it healing everybody right there's probably not like a, yeah. any set amount, so you could pretty much at least save people. You don't need it to like suck out all the energy to be able to find out how to harness the power. Really, it, they just really wanted to punch. Yeah, it was a revenge story. Really, just be like, like fuck and, you, man, give me. <laughs> fuck those guys. They 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 kicked us out of the plant off the planet for doing something we shouldn't have done, and. Uh, I would say Rafa was a weak villain. You know who actually would have been a good villain for this if it if it was just the admiral, oh, like yeah. if like he was the one pulling the strings. Well, I think. I mean, you got to think about too, like how he, fast 
his second in command, I think it was like how fast he turned on him. He was like, oh yeah, he was lying. So like, and then he's like, okay, <laughs> like he didn't do barely anything. Yeah. And then he's like, okay, I'll just. You're talking about Gondo or you know? Gond? Yeah, it yeah. Was some weird name. But Galatine. Uh, Galatine. Well, he had a mom Galatine. on the planet, right? Yeah. Did the other guy. I mean, they didn't really point out yeah. that he had um, family still on the planet. The other one. Yeah, it makes uh, me Rafa. think he didn't. Yeah, they so... um. Yeah, because Galatine, like, I think I don't because if you look at some of the stuff that he would suggest in when they're talking throughout the movie, you could tell that he wasn't really he wanted to do it, but he also didn't want like he yeah. he didn't want to hurt anybody, like so you you could tell. Um. Rafo didn't give two shits about anything, so that makes he me think that he had nothing to do the planet anymore. Yeah. yeah, he he just really wanted to take control. Um, yeah, Galatine. Uh, Galatine. But he was that was his name after they got expelled. Uh, he was just uh he just wanted revenge. He was just angry. And I think I think like Galatine just wanted I don't think he just I think he just didn't want to die so he he probably wanted to go home this whole time but didn't feel that he could if that makes sense to anybody um because when he sees his mother he he you know she kind of holds him and he's like and, yo fuck this shit let's take this motherfucker down yeah really so I mean, it was basically a revenge story. Um, like I said, I think the Admiral would have been a cooler villain, but how many times has Star Trek done the evil Admiral thing? It's like all the time. So it, it's a trope. It's like a Star Trek trope. Oh, it's an Admiral. He must be evil. Um, <laughs> or just an idiot. So, yeah. It, so, like, I, I actually think it would have been cooler if, like, you thought Rafa was in charge. But the admiral was the one pulling all the strings, or like just somebody else, just you know, up or something like that. There was truly. Somebody well, at first, else. I thought that's oh, how it was going to go, did, honestly, you know. because I don't remember if I ever saw this movie. This is another one. I don't know if I've seen any of the next generation ones besides the two we've watched in the last month or so on here. So I don't know if I've seen First Contact or Generations. Well, I mean, maybe we'll end up doing those ones. <laughs> uh, eventually, I want to do. I want to do like what people consider the bad Star Trek movies. Um, I mean, we're, I'm eventually going to get back to V, the final battle. <laughs> but every time we we start watch, we talk about yeah. Trek. I'm like, yeah, oh, I, mean, I, I want to do a Star Trek movie. It's funny <laughs> so it's like when the... people talk about Star Trek and the new. You know, for me. Um, besides Wrath of Khan, the one I always remember is Voyage Home. That's the one I always remember out of all of them. Voyage Home. Voyage Home was really good. My only thing that, like, my only... Mm, I actually like all the original series movies, except maybe the motion picture. I like them all. I think they all have some... I'm just saying, I know I've seen thing. all of those, like, but even Star the Trek- one I remember the most is Voyage Home. For some reason, I... I think that's my thing. It's because... I've always watched... 
is the most like commercial. The first I think show that I really truly watched of Star Trek was the Next Generation. So like, that's why I was like, because we watched Wrath of Khan and stuff like that, but I don't remember seeing that much of the original series on TV. I mostly grew up watching Next Generation. So when I was watching the movies, it was like Generations and all that. So like I think I, I grew to love more of those movies than the original series. Oh, yeah, just and, because of and that. when those came out, I can understand why I didn't see them because when I was graduate when I had graduated high school and was in college, so it was that's probably why I never saw these. Um, I saw I. I saw my first Star Trek movie that I remember seeing in theaters was Star Trek Four, uh, The Voyage Home. Uh, I saw five, six, and then I've seen every one after that in theaters. It, yeah, because I even saw Beyond in theaters. So I've, that's where I've. So I grew up with. I remember watching the original series. Um, I remember the reason I liked the original. I think what got me into Star Trek and. It's weird because it only happened like once. My uncle was visiting my grandma back in the 80s and there was an episode of Star Trek on. And it's the episode where the Klingons are on board the Enterprise and they beam into the engine room. I can't remember the name of the episode. But but that always kind of stuck with me. And then I found out they made The Next Generation. Um, I can tell you the first episode of Next Generation I watched was the one, I think it was called A... Was it Angel One? It's basically the episode where they're going to kill Wesley because he wrecked the flowers. Let me look it up real quick. I want to say it's Angel. I don't think it's Angel. I want to say Angel <laughs> One, but but it's basically where like Wesley is playing. Okay, it's Justice is the name of the episode, um, but it's where. Basically, what Wesley falls into and just kills some flowers, so they're going to kill Wesley. Um, that's that's the episode I first saw, and I was like, "Cool!" But I didn't catch up with Next Generation again until like season three, when I found it airing on Monday nights on Fox. So that's when that's when I actually started watching it weekly. But the first episode I ever saw was was Justice. But that's why I love I love Star Trek. So I actually really like all the movies. Um, I really, I guess it's just I don't get people just hating. Like some people get so bitter and hateful on some of these movies. Oh, it's garbage! It's this. It's 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 a movie. It's it's pretend. Um, I'm watching like space heroes save the galaxy. Like. Yes, Star Trek has always been known to use allegory to tell meaningful things. And this one definitely would have been a great thing about forced relocation. Um, but they they didn't follow through on that. I mean, you could consider that a fault. I actually like the humor in this movie because, it, like I said, it feels like an episode. And I guess a lot of people feel like that's a detriment. But I'm when I'm watching Star Trek, I just want to enjoy it. Like, I... I watch the video. I watch the movie. I watch the shows. If like, I don't want to be beat over the head with this is right. This is wrong. But I'm also not, a, also don't not going to uh, 
begrudge or hate on an episode because it tells an allegory tale about, you know, forced relocation or something else that's, you know, going on in the world today, which Star Trek did back in the 60s. But it's just the storytelling methods are different nowadays. And and so I liked Insurrection. I love all the characters. Um, Even Artem wasn't that annoying as a kid. Um, Data getting shot and exposing the... My question is, is how they get the duck blind into that mountain without the Baku knowing? Because, like, in the screenplay, they act like that thing was just put in, like, a week ago. And it's like, where did it come from? <laughs> how did they build it? <laughs> how did they get it there so fast? But um, other than that, I think that's my biggest question is how they built that duck line without anyone knowing. Um, the duct blind. I keep saying duck like D-U-C-K, but it's like duct, D-U-C-T, I think, is how it's actually... Or it could be duck. Yeah, in, I don't know. I don't know the correct terms for it. <laughs> so correct me if I'm wrong, listeners. If whoever listens to this, correct me what I'm if I'm wrong. But I like this movie. It sounds like Josh, you liked it too. Yes, um, it was much better. Jeremy, than did you Nemesis. like this movie? It was better than Nemesis. Although Nemesis had some good things in it too. I just feel like the. Like, I blame the director for the fault of Nemesis. Um, this one. I wouldn't say there's not much between the two, though, honestly. I mean, uh, I like it better, but it wasn't, like, crazy, like, over the moon better. No. No, I think I think first con- out of the Next Generation movies, First Contact is actually the, the best one. Um, it's the one that tops a lot of people's list. Top, First Contact and uh, Wrath of Khan are the top two for everybody. Like people talk shit about the J.J. Abrams movies and they don't like Into Darkness. I actually liked Into Darkness. The only thing I didn't like was the fact that the bad guy was Khan, because the every time they try to redo or redo a type of Wrath of Khan type situation, it never works. Like the Wrath of Khan was lightning in a bottle. And they keep trying to capture lightning in a bottle again. They keep failing. Um, Nemesis, you can kind of see the undertones of Wrath of Khan. In the Darkness was basically the Wrath of Khan. Um, but, like, I think Star Trek's the its best when it's doing its own thing. It's not trying to copy its past successes. I liked Insurrection. I think they had a great idea. I think they could have done more with it. Um, Insurrection was better than Nemesis, even though... And I and I don't say leaps and bounds better. It's not like it's like number two on my list of top favorite Star Trek movies, um, you know. But it's 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 not near. It's probably in the middle, honestly. For Insurrection, it's probably in the middle, and that's just because I love like Star Trek Two, Star Trek Six, and Star Trek First Contact so much um, that it kind of pushes it down the list. Um, Star Trek Six would be a fun one to do with you guys to see if y'all like it. It's a, it's actually really good. It's like a whodunit. Uh, deals with uh, racism, which was in- is interesting. Um, honestly, as much as I want to get back to V, I think next time we're gonna do. I'm gonna make y'all watch Star Trek Generations. I'm fine with that anyway. That's not really whatever we want. Whatever so, we're doing for the podcast. I'm gonna do I'm Star down. Trek Generations. 
Um, mostly because V is a three part thing and with work and stuff, it's hard to like fit in like seven hours almost of, well, I guess six hours of TV time for all three parts, but I'm on a Star Trek kick. So I'm going to keep this train rolling. Uh, we're going to do generations and I kind of want to throw Star Trek five in here at some point. And we probably won't touch the motion picture because it's, uh, I don't think I could sit through it and I'm a Trekkie. Uh, for this but josh you said you liked it jeremy you liked it um there is no rise from the grave or anything with this one and that's because um no except for the wrath of Khan, star trek doesn't try to remake its past movies so um we'll eventually get to a movie that could rise from the grave rest in peace or let it die but um as for now we're just going to talk some sci-fi movies uh and the next one will be star trek generations which is the first outing for our intrepid enterprise crew. All right. Anything uh, else? Anyone like that? <laughs> All right. So I, um, not as well thought out for some of my stuff in this one, because granted I worked like an 11 hour day today. Um, cause this isn't my job. I don't think I could make the bills with the few listens that I get. So, <laughs> but, um, anyway, for Joseph, Jeremy and Josh, thank you for listening to this episode of Sci-Fi Graveyard. If you like what we do, uh, follow us at The Hardy Geek. There will be a stinger at the end with all of our handles for our social media. Uh, again, uh, just also let you know, we know times are tough right now, so depression anxiety is really high. I am one who has dealt with that myself. Just remember you're not alone. You're, n- you're not crazy, and secrets make you sick. Please reach out to someone if you feel those urges um there are people that care about you so anyway i wish you all a good night night, night, and thank you for listening good night everybody i'd like to thank you for listening to this week's episode of sci-fi graveyard if you like what you heard don't forget we have some other podcasts here at the heart of geek we have morbid instinct which is brand new true crime wrestling with the willies which is all things wrestling and scream creeps which is horror Please check us out on social media at The Heart of Geek, which is Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we also have a Twitch where we sometimes stream. Again, thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next time.